Welcome, welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We're thrilled to have everybody here. We're thrilled to have the men, the women. And this is just the month of August. And we're going to see how many are on vacation tonight, right before school starts in Florida and in many other places. We're thrilled to have everybody here. And we have been hearing about praise reports already since I've been walking in and walking around. I'm hearing praise reports. So we give God all the glory, all the honor and praise. Let's open up with prayer and then I'm going to give you a scripture I want you to read with me. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we are honored and we are just praised to be able to do this each and every month. And we just ask that you would anoint everyone that is here to hear your voice, to hear your direction, to hear, to turn to the right or turn to the left or stop or pause. Lord, we're asking you to speak to each and every one that is here tonight personally and that you will speak loudly with authority that you are in control of each and every circumstance. Lord, we want to praise you tonight as we sing the songs of praises and then we want to learn tonight we want to open up the word and study it and we want to have it come alive and may it become like manna in, in a dry desert maybe it may be water by the living water of the streams of living water may we be thirsty hunger and thirst for the word of god Lord, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for who all are walking in, and we thank you that we are going to have a blessed night. Please bring the people that are on media. Have other people call up and remind everybody of the media time. And Lord, we thank you for all of the people that are on media and will be able to listen this, to, if not tonight, tomorrow, and we just give you the praise and the glory. Anoint me, Father. Speak through me, and may the word come alive. And we just thank you for tonight and for all that you're going to do. Bless everybody that's here tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to open up to Psalm 15, and I'm going to open up to Psalm 62. So you have a choice if you would like to join me. But I just want to open up that we are going to get started about seeking God and seeking God's righteousness. We want to grow in the Lord. And since everybody is going to be going back to school that has to attend or is going to college, which affects our family greatly, we have uh, Madison and Kayla here tonight for the last time till Christmas time or another uh, break of Thanksgiving. So they're going both to two different colleges uh, out of town. So here we go again. And Kyle is going to be going. And Madison's going now. She graduated this year as a senior. And now she's leaving for Stetson. So we just ask that you would just be with all of, our, um, all of your children that are going into a higher grade. And... Uh, I've got one that's going to be going to police academy this week, starting Allison. And I've got one that's going to be in first grade. I have it covered. So I want you to know that I've got it from one end to the other. So I am happy. I'm a happy grandma. 
So anyway, let's, now that I've talked long enough, I hope you've turned to Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He who walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. And that is a word that I have had God speaking to me for about one month of who and is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart. And that is my question tonight. Are you on verse two? Are you there? Are you striving and pursuing to be there? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart. So we need to do a heart examination. We need to ask the Lord, what is our grade? Because we may have one grade, the Lord may have a whole new grade. You know, he may think your test grades were not that well. And so it says, and has no slander on his tongue. How's the control of our tongue guarding it? Who does his neighbor no wrong or casts no slur on his fellow man? Now there we may have a problem because do we cast a slur? Do we criticize? Do we judge? Do we talk about our kids or our spouses or our circumstances to our fellow man? who despises a vile man, but honors those who fear the Lord. And number one, we need to fear God and fear the Lord each and every day. That is so important. Who keeps his oath, even when it hurts. Who lends his money without usury, that's interest. And does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Never be shaken. And that's what we've got to believe. We will not be shaken. We will not be defeated. We will not give up. We are going to stand firm. And now we go to Psalm 62. And I want to just read a verse, um, a couple of verses there. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And that is what I want you to remember. In Psalm 62, it's another good Psalm we've used before, but I want you to know who you are in Christ. That you are, the Lord is your rock, he's your salvation, and he is your fortress and he will never let you be shaken. So I hope you will uh, get excited about that. I hope you will uh, be praising the Lord throughout the evening tonight. And we're gonna sing two songs, and I pray that as the people walk in, that you will all enjoy them the most because you're gonna read the words and listen to their words that they are. And the second song I really love and it's the eye of a storm. Now, thank goodness we're here and we have no hurricanes right on the, we're, we're, we're doing good right now. But we all may be in an eye of a storm. Do we not think that we are in an eye of a storm that we really have no control over like a hurricane? It may go this way or it may go that way. And they yet will not know until an hour 
before unless, you know, they're lucky. But we want to understand the Lord is with us. And he, we would not have to be shaken that he is our refuge and he's our fortress. So we're excited about that. We're excited with what is going to be done tonight. We've been praying for you for a month, and we had our meeting last week for you. So you're prayed up, and we're praying God is going to knock down your Jericho walls and circumstances. Let's stand up. Let's worship the King of Kings. Thanks, you guys. You can be seated. In the eye of the storm, you ever feel like you're tossing around a little bit in a storm? Maybe a lot. Mario said tonight he's crawling to the finish line like he made it another month. That's what you got to do. Just however you get there. That's okay, right? <laughs> well, welcome to Rejoice Pompano. My name is Lori, and we are glad that each of you are here. Um, I want to do a few announcements, and then I've got something to share with you. Um, first of all, it's August, so I want to just see who has a birthday or anniversary that we can help you celebrate this month. So August birthday, we'll do birthdays first. August birthdays. Okay, happy birthday, you guys. And now anniversaries in August. Who got married in August? Several of you. Some of you were born and did your anniversary that month. You got it all in one month, huh? <laughs> well, happy anniversary and happy birthday. And our gift to you is a book or a CD from the back table. So you can stop by there tonight and pick up a book or CD. And while you're back there picking up something, um, the book, The Prodigal Writes from His Heart, is my dad's book that was put together right after he died, and it's back in print. So you may have seen the announcement. It was not available for a couple years, and it's back now. And so this is a wonderful book full of um, devotionals that he has written. And after he died, that was the one thing that people contacted us and said, please don't get rid of The Prodigal's Perspective on Tuesdays. We love that. We love to hear about Bob's word and Bob's version of where he was and what he was feeling. So this is back there. It's $5. So you birthday and anniversary people might want to grab that and um, take that home. We also have some other shirts back there tonight online. On, have you guys ever visited our online bookstore? Yes, all of you should be nodding. Yes, there's a lot of things on there. And um, some of them we have our witness wear shirts because we can be a witness to those around us with what we're wearing and, and not even have to say a word to them. And I know that we were sitting in Chipotle the other day and a man walked in in witness wear and I said to him, oh, I love your shirt. And we had that connection because I commented on his shirt. So men, I love you, but I did not bring any men's shirts. But we do have men's shirts. But ladies, there's like three different styles back there. And I know that one of our men who's not here tonight has told me that he goes on our website and orders shirts to give his wife as a gift because that's a nice gift that she likes. So the shirts are back there. Um, they're more than $5, but the prices are back there for the shirts. We also have this um, item that I brought tonight called an Avanja Cube. Now, I can't do it with one hand. But it is a little cube that every time you open it up tells the story of Jesus, the birth, the resurrection. And so this is wonderful with kids. And so if you want to get one of these, I have a basket full of them. You can just take it, throw a dollar in the basket, make a donation, whatever you want to do. But they're back there. But this is wonderful to do with your children or children that you know. If you don't have children of your own and you have nieces or nephews or kids that you have contact with, um, it's a great way for 
them to be able to see the whole story of salvation um, in their way. And there's a booklet in there for the adults that explains it. So those are back there. Help yourself to those at the end of the night um, as well. Now, does everybody in the room own one of these? Yes, I think everybody everywhere owns one of these. And I wanted to make sure that you guys know that we have a Rejoice Ministries app. And so if you have not downloaded the app, you might want to go to the app store um, and download the app. And when you download the app, you have the option of creating an account. And it doesn't cost anything. It's just putting in your name and your email address. But that way we can connect with you straight over your phone. And so we have some things coming up where you get those push notifications that tell you, you know, when you drive by Walgreens and it says, come in and get 10% off. Does anybody have that happen? We're not going to creep on you that badly, but we will give you notifications about different things. So go to the app store and you can um, download the Rejoice Marriage Ministries app. You can leave a review if you like it and enjoy it. And we're excited for other people that are in the app store looking for information on their marriage to find us and find out that, hey, they don't need a marriage counselor through their cell phone, but they could find out that there's hope through God for their marriage. Okay, so with that being said, I have a shirt to give away. This is a one-of-a-kind Rejoice Marriage Ministry shirt. My mom doesn't even know this exists. See? <laughs> this, she doesn't even know. Well, you know. <laughs> One of a kind, not Charlene doesn't even have one. So I'm going to give this away to somebody. So here's what you need to tell me. We're using our phones. Okay. Tell me the Facebook scripture of the day on the rejoice ministry page, or tell me the title or author of today's Charlene cares. And I will let you cheat. You may grab your phone and look first one to shout out one or the other. You have two options. Today's scripture of the day on the Facebook page, who said it? Good, good father, I heard it here first. Oh, okay, back there, okay, back row, congratulations, you get the one of a kind shirt. <laughs> good, good father by Marion Hawaii, I heard Dave say it second, so, and that was a good devotional, you need to go read it if you've not read it. You're the proud owner of the one of a kind shirt. Well. While we transition, will you flip with me in your Bible to 1 Corinthians 15, 56 is where I want to just read a verse to you um, before we move on. And I know my mom's going to talk about it um, in a little while, but the past couple of weeks we had the opportunity to go to um, a conference that was put on by Proverbs 31 Ministries. And many of you ladies probably more so know that the um, head of Proverbs 31 Ministries, Lisa Turkhurst, had announced a year ago that she was going through a divorce. And she had found out that her husband had been unfaithful, there was addiction issues. And um, she announced a few months ago in, when she started back, she took a sabbatical, and when she started back speaking, she announced a few months ago that their marriage was being restored. And so... We had, is awesome. So we had the opportunity to um, hear from her a few times while we were at this conference and hear her speak. And um, she has a new book coming out the end of the year that is going to speak to this. But I wanted to just share a scripture and give you a quote. And 
it's kind of when you hear that somebody that is in a, a the public eye like that, especially in Christian ministry, is going through the same thing you go through. I don't know if you feel like, oh, it happens to other people, or if you feel like, oh, it happens to other people, like the punch in the gut. And I know that when we first heard about it, that we, um, well, first of all, we're not surprised because none of us are exempt. You know, you, you look at people that fall in sin and you can't say, well, I would never do that because we are all capable of sinning. Um, and so you, when you look at that, you have to just kind of say the devil is no respecter of persons. And so he wants to destroy the marriage of, um, the head of a ministry and the pastor of your church and the person that just got married three weeks ago, as much as he wants to destroy your marriage. And so we have to remember that and fight that because when we get lax and when we get comfortable and think it's not going to happen to me, it's almost a pious attitude. Well, I'm not capable of sinning like that. Um, you know, it can happen to us. My, I've been married. I'm going to celebrate 23 years in a couple of weeks here. And fortunately, we have never been through anything that many of you are going through. But, you know, because we walked the journey with my parents and my husband, Scott, we dated in high school. So he was around for some of those ugly days. And we went into our marriage saying both of us are completely capable of falling in sin and, and failing in our vows that we took. But we're going into this marriage knowing that we're going to put these boundaries up and that divorce is not going to be an option for us. So we may not like each other some days, but we're not going to do that. And you know what? Someday that may be challenged. And I would just say that to you, like um, we were reading a devotional today that's going to come out in the future um, of a girl that wrote it when she saw the generations ahead of her that her mom and dad had divorced, her grandparents had divorced. And somebody has to draw the line in the sand and say, it's going to stop with this generation. And that's what you guys are doing. And so I know it may feel discouraging, that that you're doing fighting a battle that's uphill but when you look at Lisa Turkhurst and what she's been through with her family what each of you are going through you're drawing a line in the sand to say to the enemy you're not going to continue this trend and I don't know some of you the majority of you if we took a poll are probably from homes that are filled with divorce or have a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister that's been through it. And so I just want to say, um, don't, don't be discouraged. So let me read first Corinthians 15, um, starting in 56, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. And I know it may feel like some days your labor's in vain. Um, one of the quotes Lisa had was, disappointment isn't proof that God is withholding good things from us, but sometimes it's his way of leading us home. And if you would just think back on the things that you've been through, I know there has been heartache in this room. There's been um, the death of loved ones in this room. There has been addictions that you've dealt with in your family or personally. And God sees everything that you're going through. And he's not withholding his love and his care and concern for you. He sees what you're going through. And this is his way to use this so he can get the glory. Because where would you be if you had not gone through some of what you've been through? 
Where, who would you, would you have a need for a savior? Would you feel like you could do it on your own? Would you have a need to cry out to him? And I would just challenge you to really, um, to think about that and just disappointments are hurt, are hurtful. It's hard to go through and it's hard to have an expectation and to see that expectation fail. But I would just challenge you to, um, just cry out to God because he is the victor and death does not have to have a sting anymore. Well, we're going to spend some time in prayer and, um, we're going to do it a little bit different tonight. Normally, we'll just pray in groups, but I just want us to spend some time alone in prayer tonight. And you can stand, you can sit, you can kneel and make your chair an altar right now. You can do whatever the Lord tells you to do, but we're just going to spend some time. And I would ask you to as you're praying for yourself or for your spouse, I would ask you to pray for the spouses of those that are represented in this room. Pray for the spouses of the pastors and the megachurch pastors and the ministry leaders and the um, different Christian ministries that are out there because you know the enemy would love nothing more than to take down pastors, to take down the heads of ministries, to destroy the homes. And you know what? The home is the core of, of where God is and that's why he wants to destroy that unit. So we're just going to spend some time for a few minutes in prayer and then I'll close in prayer before we sing another song. But just let's spend some time praying right now for what's going on in your life and for those that are around us. Lord, tonight in this room, it's filled with disappointment. It's filled with men and women who have faced the disappointments of life. They've faced the hurt of a spouse that's walked out. They faced addictions. They faced deaths of loved ones. They're facing things day after day, God, that just seem too difficult. Lord, but we know that you are greater. And so I pray that on those days where discouragement and disappointment seems to overtake us, that you would be greater and that you would make yourself known. God, in this room, there's many prodigals that are represented, and there's many people who are crying out right now and saying the name of that loved one that's walked away. And Lord, we know that you, your word says that you will leave the 99 and go after that one. And we know that the one person that these people are married to, that they're praying for, that they're crying out for, is important to you. And so God, we pray that you would go after that one. We pray that you would soften the hearts of those who have hard hearts and are running from you. And we pray that they would just have a heart that is surrendered we pray where there seems to be selfishness and a disregard for a, a life and a family that they've left behind, that you would just convict them of the family that loves them so much. God, we know that you are able to restore, and we've seen it recently in the life of Lisa Turkhurst, and we know that you, what you did for their family, you can do for each family in this room. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do that. We pray that you would get the glory for restoration coming about. And it's not anything that a ministry did or anything that a, a spouse did or no magic prayer, but it was because of you softening the heart of your son or daughter. God, we pray that you would just give strength to those who are weary. I know that so many are struggling with a variety of things, and we pray that you would strengthen them and that they would just feel you lifting their arms up, that they would feel you lifting their head up, and that you would be the one that would encourage them. God, we can't be encouraged when we're not meeting with you. And so I pray that you would just impress on the hearts of each and every one to make a 
priority a time with you and to make it a priority to just spend time hearing from you and worshiping with you. God, I pray that you would bring about revival in the church, in the families and in the marriages that are hurting. I pray that more families would be willing to stand up and to take a stand and to draw the line in the sand that says our marriage may not be perfect, but it's serving God and that we are not going to give in to the enemy and to the divorce and to the separation and to the lies. And so, God, I pray that you would strengthen this group of people that are here tonight to have them be that person in their church. Lord, I pray for pastors that would support the stands of the people that are in their pews. I pray for pastors that would preach the importance and the permanence of marriage. And I pray for pastors that would, would come alongside their congregation when they're hurting and not be quick to offer divorce or separation, but be quick to offer restoration and that there is hope in you. God, I thank you for the men and women that are here. I thank you for them taking time out of their schedule to come and to be fed. And I pray that tonight they would walk away um, having heard from you and that you would just speak to them and that you would bless them for their time that they're devoting to their family. In your name, amen. All right, let's stand and we'll sing another song. Jeremiah 29, 13. How many, many times have you and I known it and memorized it? How many times have we gotten distracted just in the house for what we were going to do? And at the end of the day, we think, what happened to my day off? And that is where I'm asking you all to be honest tonight. It's the beginning of a new year, and we have to get rid of the bad habits that we've had this summer, but now we have to get ready and get our backpack and get all of our supplies we need for what we're going to do seriously in taking a stand against the enemy. We're in a spiritual battle, and if you don't understand that, you maybe haven't had the fire come against you, but just in the last few weeks, we have been working with a mother that had a daughter that has been on drugs. I know many of your spouses have been on drugs and addicted to um, husbands, wives, young adults, children that are teenagers. It doesn't matter the age. It just matters that there is drug and alcohol and gambling and all the sorts of addictions that are going on. But we were so close and we have been praying and fasting and we have been really praying for breakthroughs for this family, for this young woman. And you know what? And after she was two days away from victory to go into a, a, a facility that would work with her for a year, money was not an object. We accomplished, God accomplished so much. But Satan stole. And we have got to understand that Satan's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And I hear from all of you around the world of what you're dealing with, with children, with young adults, 
and with grown children. Grown children. We want to praise the Lord. We have moms and dads that are standing in the gap for their spouses or, or their daughter, their son, and a daughter-in-law that has started saying that she's going to start standing. And they're praying for her son or their son. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do. He is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have a choice, and we can play hide-and-seek, and we can play games and get distracted and forget what we're supposed to do, and we get distracted that we don't do what we're supposed to do. And that is, that little boy was representing the Heavenly Father. And he was saying, here I am, where are you? And we're asking you to really do a self-examination tonight because the devil is trying to defeat us, but we have to stand up and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you know what? Somebody with anybody that has um, addiction problems or a daughter has gotten pregnant or a son has got pregnant, a girl pregnant, you know what you're battling with even abortion. And we are fasting and praying against that. And when you contact us, we are fasting and praying for that. And I want to tell you, there isn't much that we don't fast and pray about. But I'm going to ask you, as I, I had not been fasting as much this year, and I started right up when all of these messages were coming in, I said, well, this is the big guns shooting at our people again. And so I started every day again. And I just want you to challenge you. This new school year in this August, where everybody's going back to their routine and their schedule, and God bless all you teachers that were off this summer. I did not think of that when I was getting to be an administrator at a doctor's office who works morning, noon, and night, you know, um, uh, 12 months a year. But we want you to consider fasting. Fasting one day a week, fasting every morning, every night, sometime. Fast whatever God tells you. But we've been remiss. We, we talk about fasting regularly, but we want to turn it up the heat. We want to fan the flame for the Holy Spirit to deal in our lives, in our spouse's lives, in our children's lives, and we want to defeat, defeat the enemy. God already has paid the price. He was already defeated on the cross. But the devil's trying to tell us that he's more powerful, and he's not. So we want to um, encourage you on that. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. I'm going to just read it to you. If you know it, you might look it up. Jeremiah 29, 13. I'm going to ask you, what does it look like in your Bible? I have yellow highlights. I've got underlines. I've got circles. And I'm asking you, how does yours look like? I have a real bad habit is that I underline, I circle, I date, I put names of people's names in my Bible, and it's not a bad habit. Because the Holy Spirit will give you a scripture, 
and you can then, you just literally open up the Bible and God speaks to you with that scripture that's already highlighted and so forth. So we want you to understand God speaks to you through his word. How many have gotten a promise from a scripture in the word for marriage standing? Restoration. Almost all of you, okay? So you know that you know what you're supposed to be doing because God has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a design, he has a strategy how to defeat the enemy, and it's not going to be your way. I can tell you that um, because his ways are far greater than our ways. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That right there, there is some many people that are having financial problems around the world or locally, and we want to say God is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider, and he will meet your needs. And we're going to discuss that tonight in ways you cannot even begin to imagine. Cannot even begin to imagine. And he will do it for him to get the glory and honor. And it says, and not to harm you, plan to give you a hope and a future. And if tonight you have become discouraged, defeated, and you have lost all your hope, and if you have feel like the enemy's out to take you out on all the circumstances and you're weary, you're worn out, you're tired, all of these words and verbs and adjectives that we are talking about, let me tell you, he is wanting to say, I am in control. So then you will call upon me. Verse 12 is probably my favorite. Uh, well, they're all my favorite. I can't say that. I, I'm really troubled on, uh, with this scripture. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. Your heavenly father is an awesome, good, good father. And he is waiting for you and I to pray. Pray. He's waiting to hear from us. He's waiting for us to intercede, intercession, and we could, do you have a special chair? Do you have a special time? Do you have a special book that you use? Do you have a special Bible that you use? Do you have a journal? I, I'm going to say to you, you probably need all of that. You need to schedule it. And yes, you're going to have a meeting in the morning or, in a, or early, whatever. And you may say, I can't do it early this morning, or I really messed up my alarm. But we want you to understand that God is sitting there waiting for you. And he, you didn't come. And you got distracted or you got busy. And then all of a sudden, you are going to go on down, and that day is going to go by fast. Go to the bathroom. When you go to the bathroom at work, do a popcorn prayer. We've talked about this in years past. You know, just pray for somebody at work that looks very depressed or discouraged or defeated or they're angry or bitter and but, but, um, chopping off your head or somebody else's head that day. Go pray for them. Become an intercessor and become part of God's army to pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. So it says, then you call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And the title of my teaching is Seek God's Righteousness. 
Seek God's righteousness. You need to seek the Lord and find him when you seek him and with a lukewarm heart, a lazy heart, a tired heart. Okay, and nobody's saying anything. What, what, what do we need? A pure heart. We need a pure heart. We need to, the Lord is asking us to live a blameless, holiness, life, that we are going to send our prayers, and when they go up, they're not hitting the ceiling. We are, we're asking us to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Father, forgive me. You know, I, you know, and we talk about all these scriptures. We have a Forgive Them CD. If you are battling unforgiveness, that's what you need to listen to. And then you can get it as an MP3. And I get I have my phone. No, I don't, because I lose it tonight. But I have my phone, and I pick a podcast, and I walk around the house, or I take it with me when I exercise, or I literally will put it on in my car and and put it in a water drink cup. And right there, I listen to the podcast. I don't want what is on the radio. I rather listen to the podcast that I'm aiming for. So I'm asking you to be deliberate. You got to make an appointment. You got to be deliberate. You got to make time. And the Lord is asking to, to seek him. Seek him with all your heart and with a pure heart. And that is Psalm 51. And you know how many times I've written about that. But if that should be a prayer, you pray the minimum weekly. Weekly minimum. And if you're having a difficult time right now, I'd pray it every other day or daily. Because you want to fight, God bless you. Because you want to fight the enemy. So what it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We may be double-minded. We may be doubting. We may walk in fear. And the Lord, and the Lord is saying, come to me. Talk to me. Be honest and let me talk to you and let me share with you and let me speak to you. And he will do it. So let me open up with prayer. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for seeking your righteousness and holiness living. We are asking you tonight to open our ears. Oh, God, open our hearts and open our prodigal spouses hearts to take that heart of stone, turn it to a heart of flesh. Lord, they are so double-minded. They, they have a calloused heart. They are so deceived, and we are asking that you will move, move in the, the heavenlies of what needs to be done to bring our spouses home. It can be any sort of adultery. It can be any sort and any age of somebody that they have found or were tempted. It did not take long for the devil to, to come into the Garden of Eden. And Adam didn't say anything, and Eve was deceived by the lack of her knowing the truth. And we didn't know the truth. We heard half-truth and fell for it. Lord, help us know the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and we are asking you to help us get back on track, reading the word, doing a Bible study uh, group book, 
whatever we need to do to get back of growing in the Lord, maturing in the Lord. And we will never grow too old, too far, that we don't need to continue the word of God, reading it daily. We need to continue to say, Lord, help me to have a burden for other people and let me go to the share wall and see what we need to pray for or the chapel page. Um, we need to go to the court page and block and stop and cancel all the, the divorces, all of the, the mediations, all of the separation of the children. Lord, we are asking you to cancel all the divorces that are scheduled this week and for the rest of the year and for next year and forever. We want no divorces. We want none. We want our churches to have a lighthouse and we want to radiate the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just ask you go up and down the rows and may you touch every one of our hearts, including mine, and cleanse it. Cleanse it from all of its impurities. Cleanse it from all of the lies that the enemy can bombard us with our mind. And may we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Lord, we're asking you to go where the spouses are this very night. And may you speak Holy Spirit conviction on them and that they will come to their senses and they will hear a pastor on a radio or on a TV or somewhere that is going to be just speaking directly to them. Lord, you are the one to soften. You're the one to take that heart of stone. You are the one to do miracles in our relationships. And you are doing it. And we ask that you would deliver all of our prodigals from all types of addictions and, and any sinful nature. We ask that you will just crucify their sinful nature. And that they will be transformed by the renewing of their mind by having a heart transformation and we will be praising you we'll be thanking you and we pray it for all of our young adults all for our teenagers the ones that have gotten into eighth and ninth grade or tenth grade and now don't even believe in jesus lord we are asking you to rise up and help our children be all that you want them to be in jesus name we pray amen well, my question is now, is where are you emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, financially? This is a tough month to start taking all the expenses out that we have. And so we want to know if you're barely hanging on or if you're standing strong, like Lori talked about just a few moments ago. I know this teaching is for us tonight. The Lord gave it to me. Um, right after we saw I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine was about Bart, and you guys can look up and read all about it. But if you haven't seen it, we recommend it. But he was a believer. He got saved, and he was singing in church. But there was a wounding that in his heart that he had not dealt with, a wounding of unforgiveness, a anger, a bitterness that he had stuffed down and maybe didn't even realize it. But, you know, when he was um, going through the movie, he did, um, they kept saying, you're not giving it your all with your music. It, it never went the heights that they wanted it to be for them to go and be a successful Mercy Me uh, tour. 
and, and a group singing. And so he finally ended up going home, not knowing, not knowing that his father had developed cancer. And he had sent him letters over and over again, but he never answered the letters. How many of us have written letters to our spouses and they have not answered their letters? How many have sent cards or other things and they have not called or answered it or yelled you to tell you to stop? Now, I can tell you I did because we didn't have the text. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Twitter. So I'm telling you, we could send up maybe a, a little fire, and maybe I could get a message to him. But he wasn't even in town. So I want to tell you what I did is I I'm, was very much that I really wanted him to know I loved him unconditionally. So I would just find a card sometime, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, send a card. And I was just telling about the kids or different things. And all of a sudden, praise the Lord, he would call. Now, he wasn't always um, cordial, but you know what? He called. I got to hear his voice. And then you just start praying immediately, and you ask the Lord to take that heart of stone and start softening it right then. Every time you have a difficult, difficult call, every time you have a difficult uh, problem, start praying about it instantly. Don't put it on the burner that you're going to pray about it later, but just shoot up a short few second prayer and let's start praying and asking God, help me. But I am telling you, Bob would, will tell you, would have stood here and said to you, they work. Those phone calls, those little uh, texts, I'm thinking about you, or happy anniversary, happy birthday. And we have got, and I must say, I know that even in this room, we've had people say that they've even answered, thank you, whatever. They don't go into long conversation, but they acknowledge the event. They acknowledge what's going on. So we do not, we want to keep your flame burning. We want you to be on fire for the Lord all the time and believe for miracles, not just for yourself, but for your brothers and sisters in Christ that we're praying for all around the world. Do we have a burden for them? And that is what we want to do. We want to get burdened and start praying for them to never stop believing for their miracle, for their loved ones, and that we will stand in the gap. It's like joining the Army, joining the, the um, Air Force or the Navy or whatever. We, when we go, you sign up, you don't, um, you don't have a lot of freedom of forgetting to do what you're supposed to be doing in the service. Is that a nice way of saying that? You know, um, they're a little bit strict. And we need, I think, uh, let me put it, I'll say it myself. Um, I was just recently on a vacation. So I have been home and it was awesome. We don't take a lot of vacations, but 
we all got all the families off and we all went to Bryson City, North Carolina, where we always have gone for years when we, the kids were little, going down the river and uh, we go climbed up to the mountains and they went to the scary part that you wonder if you're gonna flip over. And I can tell you, Lori, Kayla, Kyle, or no, Lori, Kayla, and Madison, and all, many of the others, were, they came back and said, we rescued this little child, and we did this, and they lost this, and we went and got it. And I mean, stories that are awesome. Lori should be up here telling it. But anyway, they were, they were saying how they rescued, and we want to be the ones to pray and rescue the people who are high up with difficulties, high with all the circumstances, and the storm is really lightning and it's really pelting like a hurricane. And we're saying, let's go and rescue them. Let's pray, stand in the gap. You just don't go by them and let them just flounder and hang on to a slippery rock. And I'm saying we've got to stand up and get on fire for praying for others, on fire for the people at church that we know that are having marriage problems to give them the information they need for the ministry. Or and get to say, here's a devotional, share a devotional to somebody to get them connected. There are so many things that are we do we have blinders on like a horse, that we just are looking straight like this, and we are not going to look anywhere. We're just going to mind our own business, and we are just going to stay that. Well, what about if God, you have a problem, and God is saying, what about having somebody help you to get onto the raft again that, that you are off of right now, and you're high up, and the, the waters are very rough, and you could be flying around. No, we need to say, use me, Father, use me. Let me help somebody every day to be a lighthouse for you. You know how you can start? Say God bless you on every phone call, good or bad, and, and every person, good or bad, that you see or whatever. Do you know what? I started that a while back, and I don't know if I've told you. But you know what? And they asked, like, bless me. Well, God bless you. I thought, well, great. I don't even know if they're a believer. But they're actually blessing me, and I'm saying, God bless them. They're going to come to know them sooner or later. We've got to take action. We have got to stop getting distracted and about me and my problems and say, what, Lord, do I need to pray for? Who do I need to pray for? And, and get serious about standing. We went up to the lake, and, and the kids and Tim found another place we have never been where there was a green lake. It, I mean, it was as green as that exit on that wall in the back. And I'm thinking, I wonder what the kids are going to get from being in this green water. But I zipped my lips because there was moms and dads all around. And I thought, who am I, grandma, going to say? And they would have had an answer. So I zipped my lips. Nobody came out sick and with poison. And I didn't go in it. But they found this place, and it had a rope. 
and you have to go down this steep path, which they all told me, you're crazy if you even think you're going down that one, because I'd be sliding down, which some of them did, and so I behaved, and I sat looking right on where I could see everybody getting on their um, paddleboard. That's, I have it written right here, but I don't have it. I'm not reading it. But anyway, the paddleboards and all the different things they're doing, and they're standing, and there's two kids on each one, and I'm thinking that's a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> and it did, but they got back on, and I'm telling you, it was hilariously fun. It was great. We had lunch, and we stayed there till 4 o'clock, and Lori left earlier, and I went up to the their place, and it was just awesome time. And, and even my youngest son uh, got on the rope, and he went and to see if it was going to pray that it'll hold him, and uh, went swinging and jumping off into the lake. Well, guess what? Kyle did it first. He found out shallow. But no broken bones and no broken knees or uh, ankles. And they said, that's not the right one. So we went and looked for another one. We need to get serious and do it as a group and get and help each other. If you don't have a prayer partner, ask God to send you one, give you one, because that is what we need. We need to do it two by two. So anyway, I went up and I had dinner at my Lori, at Lori's. We had two different places. And I went up there and I sat up there late in the afternoon talking to the Lord on the rocking chair on the porch, looking at the mountains. And then uh, Scott is fixing, uh, every, Lori and Scott were fixing dinner. And all of a sudden we were putting it on the table. And there suddenly is this most gorgeous, gorgeous, that's my scenery. And I had been praying on that porch, and I want to tell you, when you see that, you realize how clear the colors are and where you are visiting. And I said, I want to just rent this place and stay here, and I'll write a book from here because this is where God is. This is where God is. And I said, I don't want to leave. But as it went away in like 10, 15 minutes, it was gone. It just, the wind just separated it. But God showed me in, the, in my prayers that I was praying, if I could do that, why are you worrying about your problems? Now, that's what I want you to hear tonight from me. If God can create all that he does, and he can write that and put that there, that moment for me. Now, it might not have, might, Laurie and Scott might have claimed it, but I was outside crying. <laughs> Once Scott showed me, I went outside and just cried and cried. And Laurie said, what are you crying about? I said, I've been praying about some things. And look what he made me, you know, up in the mountains at the very top. And so I want you to understand that I, go, I believe in my God. And I want for you to believe that your God can take care of any, any situation. It doesn't matter what your diagnosis for your husband or your wife is. It matters that God can do anything in healing or removing or any situation. We have to learn to believe in the power 
of our God who created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. And he made no mistakes. And he didn't make mistakes with us. And even though everybody's blaming you for all the problems in your marriage, it doesn't matter because God is able to do what he can do. He can do anything. So I want you to understand that I wanted to share you this, this, because I thought there is nothing greater I can show you about my grandkids and our kids and wives all there, but this outdid it all. And I want that to be yours tonight. I am sharing that for you to take it home. I'm sharing it that you, what God did for me, he will do for you. And what he is showing you that he did it up there for us because I was praying about Rejoice Marriage Ministries and for you all because it, the beauty of the splendor of what he has. Now you all probably go hiking and go all these different places and, and travel, but I am not like that. Well, I, we then left there and afterwards we went to work at Proverbs 21 and we, we became bold and we put uh, 700 plus um, rack cards in bags advertising our ministry. This is the third time we've done it. And we then um, went to the classes and then we had a table that Kayla uh, and Lori ran and Kayla and them had it open from 7 to about 10.30 every night. So we um, had all of that activity. And so we were proclaiming that God heals and resurrects marriages. And we were, and, and the thing neat about it with Lisa is when she started having the crisis in her life, she then had pastors that said, divorce is okay. And some of you may remember that. And we were devastated. And we wrote and we called and we told everybody to tell them about our ministry. We told them to write and share what God has told you to do about marriage restoration and to believe. And then we continued. No, we did, and that's what they said. That I was at tables with some of the leaders and the writers of their group, and they said, we never stop praying for God to do a miracle, regardless of what she was speaking, to the point that God spoke to her and revealed to her that he had another plan, to the point that that night, that very night, Art and his whole family was there, and she was there to say, Art and I are back, he's back home, we're working on marriage restoration, and it didn't matter, all these pastors said, do it. It mattered that God spoke to her and, and changed her heart and mind, and that's what you've got to believe for your spouse, for your children, whatever you're facing. It does not matter who is speaking. It matters the God who created everything can speak to each one of our children or our grandchildren or our spouses regarding whatever it's about, whatever it's about. Your spouse may be home or they may have come home and they've come home and you know what? It's rough waters. 
it's rough waters, it's deep waters. It may be, you know, you feel like you, you thought this was gonna be heaven bliss and it's not. We're still waiting for the total um, agape love to connect. We're waiting for the Eros love. So what we want you to know is that don't stop praying. Never stop praying, never stop seeking God, never stop asking him questions. And never forget the power of the scriptures that is um, conditional. We need to understand um, with, seek with, um, I, I got to get to real scripture now. Go to Matthew chapter 6, please. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse 25. Now, this is a very common scripture, but I've read it about, I don't know how many times in the last few months, few weeks, but this is one of my favorite scriptures. Well, I say that all the time, so I really can't say that. But Matthew 6 is, in, is uh, talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and which is a sermon that Jesus um, spoke to the people. And I just want to have you imagine that you came here and the speaker was Jesus. Up on the mountain, you drove to where you had to go to get to where he's at. And there he is, way up there, and he's speaking to all these people. And they do not have a megaphone. They do not have electrical equipment. But by way only that God can do it, his voice penetrated and went where everybody could hear. And they went to teaching in Matthew 6. First, our, how do we pray? And he, he taught them the Lord's Prayer. Then he says, treasures in heaven. He talked of, oh, for, excuse me. The next one is fasting. And he tells you not to fast with a gloomy face and, a, um, and wash your face and be, um, the Father wants to see you. What is done in secret will be rewarded to you. So we do not want to say, oh, I've been fasting today. I'm starving to death. You know, we don't want to say that. We want to say, oh, I'm not hungry right now. And we need to be creative to say, I'm fasting. You know, and get a praise. Well, you are really doing good. You know, don't. We've got to get serious about pride. Get rid of your pride. Get rid of our self-righteousness, of haughtiness. We want to be humble with a con broken, contrite heart. We want to know that fasting is, and, and read Isaiah 58, and I've done that recently, and it's, Isaiah 58 is what really makes you want to fast. And then they talk about treasures in heaven, but I keep flicking, flipping along, and now I'm at, do not worry. How many of you are conquered worry? May you all raise your hands. Okay, you are, we're getting there. We are really getting there. But the phone calls we get are not getting there. And we're wanting you to pray 
for all the standards, men and women, that they will not worry. They will not be weary. They will not be tormented uh, and being double-minded, but that, that they believe that God is going to cover everything that they need. They, God will provide for you. It's guaranteed. He will, in one way or another, we have to trust him that he is going to provide for us. And he gives illustration by looking at the birds and, and all the food that we can store away. And there's many parables. Jesus was a, a speaker with illustrations. And that is what we want to say to our people that we're meeting, that the Lord can do anything. There's nothing too hard. But verse 25, it says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So my suggestion is for any of you that you know people that are worrying about how they're going to pay their bills, worrying about where they're going to live, all of these questions that we all have to deal with in separation and divorce, we want to teach them this special scripture because if they read it daily and pray about it, if they even memorize certain verses of it, God will bless them abundantly, mightily, because God's word never returns void. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So it says here, so what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So verse 33 and 34 is the one we're going to look at. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. There is a key. Do not worry about tomorrow. Wow. That's not good for a type A personality that has everything written out, what you're going to be doing tomorrow and where you're going. Well, we need to say, Lord, thy will be done if I'm, allowed, if I'm going to be here or it's not going to be canceled or something. Do you have, I, I have um, a heavy schedule at certain times, and I say, Lord, I am going to really have a conflict with a doctor's appointment, and this i got to get done, and this, 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 and all these different things. And I said, Lord, so I pray you will work it out or I'm going to have to cancel the doctor's appointment. I really don't need to do that. So anyway, I just pray about it. And do you know what? It always works out perfectly. If we pray about it, God will end up canceling something and I didn't have to even do anything extra. I did not have to worry about it. I prayed about it. I gave it to the Lord and said, you tell me what I need to do. Otherwise, I'm doing nothing, and here I go. And that is what you and I need to do. We need to seek the Lord, and, and all these things will be given to us as well. But we do not need to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, the devil wants to torment you with with circumstances so much or threatening or looks like your spouse is an alcoholic or a drug addict or, or has anger, has anger issues, has a bad attitude, whatever it might be. 
you are literally thinking about tonight when you go home or worrying about tomorrow with this appointment or whatever you're doing. And I'm saying, the Lord says, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. And I, I really challenge you to get this Psalm 33 down and the 34 really into your heart and into your mind that you can apply it and you will stop worrying, worrying and trust God to provide every area of your life. But that worrying about today and getting all that you need to do done today and take care of tomorrow itself. Now, I'm not saying don't go to work. I'm not saying anything that sounds foolish. Uh, I I am saying pray that's what I'm saying talk to the Lord he's sitting at that tree waiting for you to remember not to get distracted and got your list going so much that you forgot to stop and talk to him today that's what I'm trying to say this is um, worrying is the devil wants to steal kill and destroy anything we can get so we need to seek is in the Bible is to look for, attempt to obtain. We must never stop seeking to grow in the Lord. And what is righteousness? Seek righteousness. It is, it is um, imputed guiltlessness before God, acting according to God's law. It is translated righteous, honest, right, accurate, justice, truth, or integrity. Wow, would we love those names for all of our spouses, our children, and ourselves to have all of that? That's our goal. That's our goal, for to have the Christ-likeness. Anne Spangler, who write, uh, wrote a book of the names of God, the names of Jesus, and the names of the Holy Spirit, I want to remind you that well, I pray certain five prayers with the, of the Jesus being Jehovah Tishkenu and Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shalom, that you have peace. And you can learn and memorize the names of, of different names for Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. But with righteousness, the Lord is our righteousness. It's Jehovah Tishkenu. The righteousness is from God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who we believe, and that is what we need to do. The goal is not, it's not for us to become more, it, it's, it is to become more like him, not to become that we're puffed up with pride. Does that make sense? We want, to, we want a growing relationship until we meet the Lord as Bob did. You know, he was constantly always wanting to grow in the Lord while he was sick. And, and I know many of you are also. And, um, and while I say that, pray for Sam's group and Anna's group, because um, Sam um, Page, who we've been praying for for several, three years for cancer, died uh, two weeks ago. And, um, and they had somebody go up and represent them and so forth. But um, the girls are in their 20s, and then one just had a baby a few Literally, all at the time, she was very sick with hospice. And uh, so they've got a road to go on of grief and sorrow and pain. So we need to pray for Paige's mom and dad and their two daughters and the family. Um, and San and Anna's. Um, she came here first and then moved and lived uh, near San. And, and they came down for years. And uh, her husband 
also came to the hospice unit and saw her, um, which was a huge, when she was critical, and then she got a two-month miracle of totally 100% better, and suddenly she went to be with the Lord. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness. And I'm going to remind you, there are over 500 words of righteousness in the Bible. Do you know that that's more than um, a lot of the faith, hope, and trust? Righteousness is, is more than that. And so it's a very popular word. And when I was starting to study it, I ever, it seemed like every chapter or within that chapter, you would find one verse of righteousness. So righteous and righteousness, if you want to do a, a, a word study, do that. Because under gateway, just type righteous and righteousness, and you can look all at the different scriptures that there are. So he is saying here, desire, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call out of the Lord out of a pure heart. Again, God is clarifying that he wants a pure heart. He wants a Christ-likeness to follow and to be more like Jesus each and every day. Now, Philippians 1, I'm going to have you turn there. And this is in, the, in our scriptures under praying the different scriptures and the uh, resources on our website is um, the scripture to pray daily or weekly or once, however often, frequently. So Philippians 1, verse 9 to 11. And this is a prayer that I went to Lori's church one time back several years ago. And this is a prayer that I started praying the Paul's prayers that he has written. You know, he wrote 13 books and he was quite, he was an awesome man of God, went through a lot of trials and tribulations as he explains in the Bible in the New Testament. But he prayed this and there was a pastor there that was older and he says, I pray this one prayer for my family every day and for other loved ones. And I challenge you to do that. And this is a powerful prayer because we're praying for our spouses to be transformed and changed. And if you go under resources, there will be um, a list and it says personalized prayers. If you're new, if you've never done it, I challenge you to put you and your husband's name, you and your child's name, whomever you're wanting to pray for, your mother, your father, whoever and pray this. And this is my prayer. This is Paul talking to the church at Philippi, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I want more depth of insight. I want more knowledge. Do you? So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. We need to be prepared. We need to get our car ready, packed for the trip of when the Lord is going to come in the minute of the twinkle of an eye and there's a rapture. And I'm telling you, I think we're closer than we were last year or a couple of years ago or five years ago. And 
And I'm saying, are we ready? Well, let us be blameless and let us bring a whole bunch of people that are not ready, that don't know the Lord and don't think they even need to be ready. And we need to say, come and join me. Because when you get to see the Lord up there, he's going to say, did you have fun having fun? <laughs> or did you, what, what was your assignment? Did you ever feel guilty not proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to your coworkers, to your family, to your friends? Uh, why didn't you pray about him? If you're scared to talk, well, at least pray about him so I can send somebody to do something. We have got to get serious about praying that they will be ready to and have a pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It all comes from Jesus. We've got to understand, Lord, fill me up with the Holy Spirit. Fill me up with the fruit of righteousness. I want to be more like you. Noah was a righteous man. Was he not? Yes, he was. He, um, in Genesis, he um, was willing to be the one to go and say, Noah says, I want you to build an ark. There's not been any rain. There's not been any storms. But I want you to build an ark. Let's go to Genesis 6. And he is going to say, Genesis 6, 9, Exactly, is where we're going. And I want to be like this. I want to hear my Lord say, do it. And I'm going to say, okay, give me the blueprints, please, Lord, because I don't know how I'm building an ark. And he did. And he, told the, and he even told the animals, go two by two. He spoke to the animals in their language. Can you imagine that? Jesus is, was up on that mountain, and you're sitting there listening to all that he's saying. And talking about adultery and, and uh, anger and unconditional love. He's teaching all of these things. And he healed the sick. He cast out demons. He touched people that had been sick for 12 years. All these different places he went. And he kept going to different towns. He didn't stay there. Noah, verse 9, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons. I want to walk with God. Do you want to join me? Do you want to go and go on a hike and start going on a walk that says Jesus and his disciples? Jesus and his children, that we walk and we know the word and we listen and we, for him. And then if he says, how many loaves of bread do you have? How many fish do you have? Let us feed the whole group, 5,000, and all of them get saved. And then a man will get saved. And what does he say or to a woman? Go back home. Go back home. Go back home. You've been living in sin or you've been off a side. Go back home. You've been healed. Go back home and tell everybody what the Lord has done. Tell the others what Jesus has done. And I'm saying, are you speaking up? Are you speaking and sharing what is happening? That we need to know that Abraham 
Abraham did not waver at all. Romans 4, 17 to 24, he did not waver. He believed he was the father of all nations, the father who gives, but he believed that God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. Jesus gave him a promise, and he believed it. He was going to have to sacrifice his son, and he did not waver. He was obedient. He stood firm and said, God will provide for us. The words are, it says here, it was credit. It says, um, let me go back. Um, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do um, what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. It was credited to him for believing and going forth of what he had an assignment to do. He believed, and, and God provided. It was um, Romans 4, 17, verse 24. Such a powerful example of faith and commitment to regardless of the circumstances that he was in right then, he believed and trusted God. That is our challenge. Where are you? How do you measure up to Abraham, to Noah, and you can go on to the, uh, all the Old Testament, to Joshua, and to Moses, and to Deborah, and Esther, and we can go on the list of all that they did. Hannah, who cried out and, at, at, um, asking for a baby, and she had had none. Are you, do you believe that God is able to heal your family? And we need to say yes. We need to be confident. We need to walk with faith and trust and not be like a, a baby and whine and cry about it. But we need to say, Lord, I am standing firm and I'm going to trust you. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy and it's not going to say I'm not going to cry when I go to bed tonight when I see that empty side of my bed because it does get tired sometimes and lonely, but I am going to stand firm. I'm going to believe what God has done. Or have you become lukewarm? See, the devil wants to have you become lukewarm. You can radiate the love of Jesus each and every day, or you become lukewarm and look depressed and defeated and discouraged. And what is your face saying to everybody at work or where you are? Are you a secret that you're a Christian? Have you become a silent Christian at work because of the troubles around it? Well, Matthew 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on stands where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father they want to say you are the you do so many things but they believe and see it's the lord that's doing it through you isn't that what we want? We don't want the praise we want to do things that god gets the glory god gets the honor so are you doubting the scriptures 
Don't doubt what the Lord has given you. Are you growing? Are you maturing in the Lord? We've talked about that. We've talked about spending time with the Lord. And you know what? An hour a day cut up in any way you want to slice it, it's not a lot of time with the Lord. Now, I hate to tell you that, but it really is. I, I spent a lot of time with the Lord during my stand. I had, when my husband took the kids and, and I had the weekend, you either can get depressed, discouraged, defeated, and don't do anything, or you can do something and pray, and pray God is going to intervene. And I prayed that they, would, they took six kids all together and doing things, and I thought, that's just great. He's Disney dad when and never took him before, you know? And and I don't have any money to go to Disney or anywhere else, let alone, you know, take six kids, you know? And I'm telling you, I know what it's like. So the point is, will you grow in the Lord? I the Lord said to me, You need to start reading books on prayer. You need to start reading books on spiritual warfare. Ask the Lord what you need to read on. How to have a successful marriage might be one. Do you know the love languages? There's, do you, have you read War Room? Have you read Men, the Courageous, that movie about that? And there's so many more. There, there is so much out there now. You could, you could read a book a week if you, and you probably have time to do that now that I think of it. So, I just want to stomp on some tongues while the Lord's got me here talking. Because he wants you to grow in the Lord. He wants us to not delay. The one I've been saying is, are you a reader? If not, are you a speaker? If not, invite somebody over and take them out to dinner. Listen to the MP3s. Listen. I listen to tapes in my car. Yes, those are really tapes. I know that seems impossible, but it's possible. They threw the tapes out of the cars now. You can't even have a tape in a car. And I, I, I have heart palpitations when we throw our old tapes out. <coughs> Thank God for technology. I went to church on Sunday, and I turned on the radio, and it was moody. Radio at 11 o'clock. The church starts at 11.30, and there was a pastor talking, and he said, are you on the potter's wheel? And I want to say, yes, we are, because we need to be shaped, and, and that's Jeremiah 18, and read that. But we need to understand God has to mold us and make us to be all that he wants us to be. He is not going to leave you alone. There are going to be circumstances that we are going through, trials and circumstances, off and on throughout our entire life. Read about Saul and Paul. It was Paul. But we need to say, Lord, use me, cleanse me, make me into that potter, that vase, that whatever. And if I make us, and I went on a detour wrong, or I've gone astray, go get, grab me and break that vessel up and get me back on track again. God will pick you up and put you back and make you into a beautiful uh, um, vase or whatever um, thing he wants you to be. So are you radiating the love of Jesus? And I'm just asking that you would just be careful 
that if you're getting off track or defeated or discouraged, that you will continue to understand. The Beatitudes that we talked about is um, in Matthew 6 is, um, let me read them to you. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. But verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I'm going to skip down. Oh, blessed are the merciful, for they will show mercy. Are you showing mercy to your spouse right now? Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Are you? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Yes, we will get ridiculed. Yes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And bless are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil because of you. Because in the same way they persecuted the prophets who went before you. Just imagine. Don't be double-minded, but slow down and just start asking God what he wants you to do. He's given you an assignment. He wants you to be obedient to his will, to his way. He wants us to be on track. He wants us to reap the benefits. He wants us to get on the computer and put a timer on the computer and decide if we are on the computer more than we are with him. And we need to just re regulate, just Say, you know what, school is starting. I've got homework to do with the kids. I've got all these different events I have to do. But ask God, am I giving you the proper amount of time? Am I living a blameless life? And what do we need to do? Elmer Towns of Liberty University said that there are over 500 principles. And he said that we need to understand that suffering for doing good, it says in, we can, Dr. Town says, we can stand and claim the promises that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. It's so uh, we need to understand that, let me take you to one last scripture, Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah 7 was um, very, it, God gave it to me Sunday night, and it's very, very strong. It's very uh, forceful, and it says, reform your ways. Now, I'm going to look up Jeremiah 7, but when I got this one day, and it says, Jer Jeremiah, I am mark it. So wait a second, because I got to pull it up. But the story of this is, is God gave me Jeremiah 7. And it was very, very, you know, you need to tell Bob, if, are you going to church? Jeremiah just left my Bible. Sorry. <laughs> Haste makes waste. You know, just slow down, Charlene. You will get there. Okay. Jeremiah 7 says, 
stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Now, Jeremiah was given the bad assignment of proclaiming to all these people what they were doing wrong. And he said, hear the word of the Lord, all people of Judah, that this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, reform your ways. Well, we're saying tonight, Lord, reform the prodigal and the standards, all the other lost loved ones are our family, reform them, change them and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. He said it three times. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the alien, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place. But, verse 9 says, but if will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, and burn incense to Baal, and follow other gods you have not known, and then come in and stand before me, in this house of God, which bears my name and says we're safe and safe to do all these detestable things, which bears my name became a den of robbers to you, but I have been watching, declares the Lord. He was saying, I see everybody doing everything. There are no secrets. And in Matthew, in 21:13. Mark 11, 15 to 17, and Luke 19 to 46. Three different gospels. It says that my house will be called a house of prayer and for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the Lord gave me, as he gave it to me and reminded me last night, that I got that about Bob, and I think I've told you before, and Bob has written about it, but he used to come down and stay with the girlfriend, and they would go, and the garage would be closed, and he would go lay flat in the back and flat with his Bible on him, and they would go to church faithfully. That's why I say to you, do not think everybody is married in your church. You need to be praying for the prodigal spouses and the adulteress. The husbands and wives are, are wearing masks and they're ready to leave each other. We need to pray that our churches will be a house of prayer, praying for the Holy Spirit to do conviction on our spouses. And the Lord told me one time uh, when that, this was going on that I didn't know what he was doing. And he, God, I said, Bob... God has given me this. I know you can still go to church all the time, but God gave me Jeremiah 7. And I'm not preaching to you. I'm just saying God's uh, told me to give it this, this chapter to you. And he said it was very convicting because he was living a double life and the Holy Spirit did deal with him. After, after he came home, he told me. So I want you to know that when God gives you something the like this, Please pray their spouse, their name in it, and pray that they will have Holy Spirit conviction and that they um, will uh, have the Holy Spirit transform them. 
We praise the Lord. This was in the Old Testament. We've got the New Testament. And the Lord does want us to pray and have a house of prayer for all the people that go there. But what we want is to remove our mask in our churches. And we want that there's so many scriptures that I had on all these pages uh, that no one is righteous. No one. But we all have to humble ourselves and ask God to make us more Christ-like. And that's the neatest part about it. That the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. In Proverbs 28.1, we need to say, you know what? I'm tired of doing this. But you know what the Lord says? All scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. My challenge is, is God's got a plan and a purpose for us. What does he want you to do? And what can you do right now while you're at home, maybe alone or maybe with children this coming year of, of a new um, school year? I pray that you will want to do something that God tells you to do. God's got a plan and a purpose, and he wants you to do something. So we're going to sing a song, and we're going to, while this song is playing, and I would like you all to have a final time to ask the Lord, who else do you need to be praying for? Ask the Lord, what else should I do? The Lord wants you to turn your heart to the Lord. He has a burden for your spouse more than you can ever begin to imagine. He has a burden for all the marriages that are in the process of marriage restoration. And they all don't get perfect in two and three years. You still have to work on your marriage forever. You never will have it perfect. God will give you trials and tribulations to help fine-tune us, to be more and more and more like him, and to be more. But we, I'm asking you, if this summer we may have gotten off track, and the Lord really convicted me right after the, the Bart was movie was on, I can only imagine. He really convicted me that we need to pray that... If anybody is, is living a double life with a mask on, we need to get serious about taking off the mask and help the Lord make us to be all that we're supposed to be and then make our spouses to be all that they need to be. And that is the most important thing. We need that so strongly. So we're going to stand up, we're going to praise the Lord, and we're going to ask God to minister to us and what we can do at work, are you praying for your people at work? Are you praying for the people at the grocery store in front of you? Are you praying for the one that is asking for money on the road? Every day I had somebody come and try to get to me tonight. And I shook my hand. But I, did you, but I prayed for them. Are you using your prayer time creatively all the time? And that's what I'm asking you tonight is that let's strive for the more righteousness.